Today's episode is brought to you by Frightworks Haunted House, Knoxville, Tennessee's in-town, indoor factory of fear. For more information, go to frightworks.com and be sure to follow on Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram. Tennessee Roads, recorded in the foothills of the Great Smoky Mountains. Well, hey there, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Tennessee Roads Podcast. My name's Dusty, and I'll be your guide as we hitchhike through all the towns and communities that make up the foothills of the Great Smoky Mountains. Well, hello there, everyone, and welcome back for another episode of Tennessee Road Podcast. The last time we joined together, Dollywood had just opened for the season, and we were looking to the future that Dollywood has. And today's episode, we are going to look to the past. Today, we will be talking about the secret city of Oak Ridge, Tennessee. Nestled in the scenic foothills of the Appalachian Mountains of East Tennessee, Oak Ridge is a small city with a big story. Known for its pivotal role in the Manhattan Project during World War II, Oak Ridge has a rich history, breathtaking natural beauty, and a promising future that make it a hidden gem worth exploring. Now, before I can begin to explain how Oak Ridge came to be, I have to explain to you what the Manhattan Project was. Led by the United States in the 1940s with support from the United Kingdom and Canada, the Manhattan Project was a major research and development undertaking to produce the first nuclear weapons during World War II. This research and development led to the creation of Little Boy and Fat Man, which were atomic bombs that were detonated in Hiroshima and Nagasaki, Japan. According to the Atomic Archive, Hiroshima and Nagasaki were chosen because they would remained largely untouched from bombing raids. And while President Truman had hoped for a purely military target, some advisors believed that bombing an urban area might break the fighting will of the Japanese people. The best estimation of the death toll was 110,000 innocent men, women, and children. The bombs were dropped with the goal to hasten Japan's surrender, ending World War II and avoiding further Allied casualties. And while the death of any human is considered tragic, this was a major movement that shaped the history of the world and its people. The history of Oak Ridge is intertwined with one of the most significant events of the 20th century, the Manhattan Project. In the 1940s, the United States government selected Oak Ridge as one of the key sites for development of the atomic bomb. The city was established as a top-secret site where scientists, engineers, and workers labored tirelessly to produce enriched uranium needed for the bombs. The area was known as rural farmland, but its topography of linear and partitioned ridges made it a great location to place the four major industrial plants. In the event of an error or critical meltdown, the disaster would be most likely contained by the natural surroundings. Major General Leslie Groves, the military head of the Manhattan Project, liked this area because of the location, and low population helped keep the town a secret. Though the settlement grew from 3,000 to 3,750 in 1942 to about 75,000 by 1945. Now, the facility was made up by about four main plants. The first plant in this compound was the K-25 plant. 
This location housed a power plant built in 1943. This would be connected to the gaseous diffusion plant that was also built in 1943 via an underground conduit to prevent sabotage. There were other buildings located in the vicinity to the main plant, which housed various other projects and administrative jobs. The codename K-25 was a combination of the letter K from Kellex, the company that built the plant, and 25, a World War II-era code designation for uranium-235. K-25 became the template for other gaseous diffusion facilities, which were still popular after the war. After K-25, we saw the construction of K-27 in 1945, K-29 and K-31 in 1951, and K-33 in 1954. Additional facilities were built in Paducah, Kentucky in 1952 and Portsmouth, Ohio in 1954. Now, in order to cut production of enriched uranium by 25% from President Lyndon B. Johnson, K-25 and K-27 ceased production in 1964, but in 1969, K-25 began producing uranium enriched to 3-5% to for use in nuclear reactors. But the gaseous diffusion method ceased on August 27th of 1985, and in 1997, the United States Department of Energy, or DOE, contracted the British Nuclear Fuels, LTD, to decontaminate and decommission the facilities. Initially, K-29, K-31, and K-33 would not be demolished and would be used for something else, but those plans changed and the buildings were scheduled to come down. Demolition didn't begin on K-25 until January of 2006 and was completed of August that same year. Demolition of K-33 took from January to August of the same year, and K-31 began demolition on October 8th, which is my birthday, of 2014 and was completed on June 26th of 2015. Since its demolition, the K-25 site has been redeveloped as a general aviation airport to service the city of Oak Ridge. Now, the S-50 plant, it began uh, construction in October of 1944, and it was operational by January of 1945, with minor work still being completed on the facility until February of the same year. Now, this plant used liquid thermal diffusion to produce enriched uranium. Now, it was estimated that the S-50 plant had sped up production of enriched uranium used in the Little Boy bomb employed in the atomic bombing of Hiroshima by at least a week. Now, after the war, the building was placed on standby and ordered to shut down on September 4th of 1945, less than a year after it had began operation. Well, this was because this was the only full-scale liquid thermal diffusion plant ever built— And while it was efficient, it was much slower than the gaseous diffusion methods. While various buildings of the S-50 plant were utilized for other things throughout the 1950s, the main plant was disassembled in the late 1940s and the equipment was moved to the K-25 powerhouse where they were stored before being salvaged or buried. The third facility was the X-10 facility. This site housed laboratories, a chemical separation plant, a waste storage area, training facility, administrative and support facilities, including a fire station and other service needs. All of these facilities would stand in the shadow of the main facility, the X-10 graphite reactor. Construction began on October 27th of 1943, and the work was completed later that same year. 
The X-10 graphite reactor was the world's second artificial nuclear reactor and the first designed for continuous operation. It was about 38 feet wide by 47 feet deep and 32 feet high. There were 36 horizontal rows of 35 holes. Behind each was a metal channel into which uranium fuel slugs could be inserted. After the war ended, the graphite reactor became the first facility in the world to produce radioactive isotopes for non-wartime use. And some of these areas were scientific, medical, industrial, and agricultural uses. In August of 1948, the reactor was used to produce the first electricity derived from nuclear power. The X-10 graphite reactor was shut down on November 4th of 1963 after 20 years of use. It was designated as a National Historic Landmark on December 21st of 1965. The final facility, and probably the most famous in modern times, is the Y-12 facility. This was home to the electromagnetic isotope separation plant that produced enriched uranium. Construction started on February of 1943, and it began operations of November of the same year. More commonly, this facility is known as the birthplace of the atomic bomb. After World War II, the facility continued to operate, focusing on nuclear weapons components and related defense purposes. According to the Y-12 website, every weapon in the U.S. nuclear stockpile has components that have either been manufactured, maintained, or ultimately disassembled by Y-12, the nation's uranium center for excellence. The Y-12 facility has continuously worked for almost 80 years, and with all of those years of operations, it's not unheard of to see protest or hear of incidents at the facility. On the late evening of June 16th of 1958, a solution of highly enriched uranium was mistakenly diverted into a steel drum, calling a fusion reaction that lasted nearly 20 minutes. Eight employees in the facility were hospitalized with exposure, and several suffered from moderate to severe radiation sickness. Luckily, all of the employees recovered and returned to work. But in June of 1960, the eight employees filed suit against the Atomic Energy Commission, and the suit was settled out of court. Under the Energy Employees Occupational Illness Compensation Program, the eight letter received additional compensation. Most of, if not all of the victims, were diagnosed with cancer at some point in their life after the incident. And in 2014, Bill Clark was the last remaining survivor from the incident. I've not been able to confirm if Mr. Clark is still living, but if you'd like to see his interview, I will drop the link in the description box below. Now, Protests have also taken place at the facility several times over the years. Some of the most notable were in 1988 with Sister Mary Dennis Lynch, 2011 with Reverend William J. Bischel, and the 2012 protest against the new uranium processing facility, which was expected to cost $7.5 billion. And most notably, in 2012, with Megan Rice, an 82-year-old Catholic sister of the Society of the Holy Child Jesus, and two military veterans who now work for peace. Most recently, the facility made national headlines when at 9 a.m. on February 22nd of 2023, a fire broke out in the uranium processing plant. 
Local news agencies made the breaking news announcement with little detail, and several hours went by before news agencies confirmed that the fire was contained and there was no danger to the public. Today, Y-12 is managed and operated under contract by Consolidated Nuclear Security, LLC, and it's a part of the Oak Ridge National Laboratory, or as most people know it, ORNL. ORNL was formed in 2000 and has an annual budget of $2.4 billion. They employ 5,700 people, 2,000 of whom are scientists and engineers, and the additional 3,200 are guest researchers. In 2018, it was estimated that ORNL created $439 million in payroll and spent $195 million with Tennessee businesses in over 39 counties. Now, let's shift gears a little bit and take a look at other areas of Oak Ridge. One of the several notable attractions in Oak Ridge is the American Museum of Science and Energy, an affiliate of the Smithsonian. This museum is dedicated to teach children and adults about energy, nuclear power, and the pivotal role of Oak Ridge in the Manhattan Project. The museum attracts about 65,000 visitors per year and provides an interactive curriculum-based classroom programs and houses permanent and rotating exhibits, provides live demonstrations, evening events, and holds spring, summer, and fall camps. The museum is open Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. and Sunday from 1 to 4, uh, excuse me, 1 to 5 p.m. Admission is free if you have a membership, and those without a membership can get tickets for $10 or $5 if you are youth, active military, senior, or student. Children under 5 are always free. Oak Ridge also hosts one of the oldest community theaters in the southeastern United States. Since 1943, the Oak Ridge Playhouse has offered a diverse season of musicals, comedies, dramas, summer camps, and a full children's theater, the Junior Playhouse. A primary volunteer organization, the Playhouse has been putting on several shows for over 80 seasons. The theater, which is located in the historic Jackson Square, was originally used as the center theater for films. But in the mid-2000s, the company received a $2 million renovation. This was used to update the auditorium's 344 seats, lighting, sound, handicapped access, and to bring areas of the facility up to modern code. In addition to providing the region with Broadway-quality entertainment, the Playhouse also awards a $1,000 scholarship to a graduating high school senior who demonstrates a commitment to teamwork and the arts while participating in productions as a young person as a part of the Oak Ridge Junior Playhouse and their work in the community. Oak Ridge Playhouse will be celebrating its 81st season this year, and they've recently announced their lineup for the 2023 and 2024 season. Shows coming up at the Playhouse are the 25th Annual Putnam County Spelling Bee in July, The Adventures of Tom Sawyer in September, Rumors in October, Oliver in December, The Cemetery Club also in December, Charlotte's Web in March of 2024, and Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat in May of 2024. Now located just on the other side of Jackson Square is one of my favorite spots in Oak Ridge, Razzleberry's Ice Cream Lab and Kitchen. Now, Razzleberry's is a mixture of desserts, food, and retail, 
all wrapped up in an Appalachian shell. This location features many traditional and unexpected flavors. They also serve a variety of smoked meat entrees and $5 lunch specials. So they make a great pit stop for any day or a fun visit prior to enjoying a great show across the parking lot at the Playhouse. Now, another staple of Oak Ridge, and probably one of the most biggest staples in Oak Ridge, if you ask a lot of people, is Big Ed's Pizzeria. Now, Big Ed's opened at 101 Broadway Avenue in February of 1970 with owners Big Ed and his wife, Ginger. Prior to Oak Ridge, Ed had opened a shop in Huntsville, Alabama. Unfortunately, due to the poor economy of the late 60s, Big Ed sold the pizzeria and briefly moved to Michigan before relocating to Oak Ridge, where he converted an old drugstore into the modern-day pizza giant. The restaurant has been open continuously, serving pizza, soda, and beer for over 50 years. When Big Ed passed away in 1988, he left behind a big legacy of hard work and generosity, his tradition of high-quality pizza that his family continued to carry on. Sadly, Ed's son David passed away in 2013. Since then, David's wife Melissa has continued to operate the store with the general manager John Harris. Many say that the store has not changed in the years since it opened, holding true to the great taste and traditions that Big Ed started in the 1970s. The company prides itself on creating the dough and sauce it uses in-house. Big Ed's takes such pride in the quality of their food, they go as far as purchasing their mozzarella cheese directly from a farm in Wisconsin. Almost nothing is processed and everything is made fresh in the store. The atmosphere of the store is open and inviting, keeping a majority of the drugstore's original layout with an open kitchen that can be seen from the drugstore's original booths. One of the neat things about Big Ed's Pizza is that they don't cut their pizza with a pizza cutter. They use scissors. They say that it is the best way to get the perfect cut every time. Over the years, Big Ed's has won awards and many honors, including the USA's Best Pizza of Every State. Now, if you plan to eat at Big Ed's, you can grab a seat from 12 to 8 Monday through Thursday or 12 to 9 Friday and Saturday. But we recommend that you go to dinner early because Big Ed's is very popular and you may find yourself waiting for a seat. There's so much more to Oak Ridge than the birthplace of the atomic bomb, ice cream, pizza, and theater. This is just a reflection of my experiences growing up in East Tennessee. But one day we may return to Oak Ridge and take an even deeper dive into how the secret city helped shape America. As Oak Ridge continues to grow in popularity, the community has banded together to preserve its rich history and unique culture. The city has become a hub for research, education, and innovation, attracting scientists, engineers, and entrepreneurs from all over the globe. Over time, Oak Ridge has transformed into a thriving community, known not only for its historic legacy, but for its modern-day achievements. The city has become a leader in sustainable energy, pioneering new technologies that helped to protect the environment while advancing the economy. Through it all, the people of Oak Ridge have remained committed to preserving their community's legacy while also embracing the future. The city has continued to evolve and grow, always pushing the boundaries of what is possible and inspiring others to do the same. In the end, 
Oak Ridge has become more than just a city behind the fence. It has become a symbol of human potential and the power of innovation. Until next time, stay safe and stay educated.